Hello, ako si Judas Cavilan. Kayo ay nakikinig sa bagong Rappler Podcast episode kung saan hihimayin natin ang mga mayiinit at mga haradang isus Pilipinas. Ito ang Rappler's News Break Beyond the Stories. Sa episode na to, pag-uusapan natin kung ano ang maaaring mangyari kapag ang isang tao ay bansagaan o tukoy na terorista sa ilalim ng anti-terror law. Ano ang posibleng gawin ng mga pulis o militar sa'yo? May posibilidad bang maalis ka sa listahan? Gaano kadalikado ito? Kasama ko ngayon ang justice reporter na Rattler na si Lian Buwan para talakayin ang isyong ito. Hi Lian, thank you for joining me today. Thank you Judes for having me. So can you remind us first siguro, what is the anti-terror law? Ano ba yung main goal nito? By the name of the law itself, it aims to hunt down the terrorist. In the Philippines, the government is eyeing two types of what It alleges to be terrorist. The first one is yung intense, yung communist terrorist groups or CTGs, as they call them. And then the other one is yung Abu Sayyaf group, um, Maute ISIS. So those are the two kinds of the terrorists that the government has been eyeing or targeting for the last few years. Going back years ago, our idea of terrorists is yung mga extremists. Pero bakit ngayon nagkaroon ng two types na under this anti-terror law? I don't think ngayon lang siya nagkaroon. Siguro naging pronounced lang ngayon because the Duterte government really has stepped up its counterinsurgency campaign. Which we can remember during Gloria Arroyo, it was also an intense anti-insurgency campaign uh, led by General um, Palparan. Ngayon, they took it to a whole new level. They created the National Task Force, yung NTF, LCAC. The propaganda war is so much more intense. Um, human rights groups call the crackdown, the arrests, the EJKs, the surveillance as qualitatively and quantitatively worse under Duterte compared to uh, President Arroyo. Longest-running in communist insurgency style sa buong Southeast Asia. So I don't think it's new. It's just really more pronounced. And Um, with the advent of the new anti-terror law under Duterte, which added so much more crimes and which made the provisions more vague, Mm-mm. kaya naging mas pronounced, counter-terrorism measures. May question ako mamaya about the process na tinadadaanan bago masabi na isang tao ay isang terrorista. Pero first, I wanted to ask you, meron ba sa batas na clear-cut provisions saying what makes a person a terrorist? That's where the problem comes from because... In the old Human Security Act, which the anti-terror law repealed, it's para siyang um, may predicate crime na tinatawag. Again, uh, the, the belabored explanation ng pre- predicate crime. A predicate crime is an established crime in Philippine statutes. Like, for example, murder, arson, kidnapping, rebellion. So, so under Human Security Act, kailangan mo munang ma-establish yung crime. So, kunyari, pumatay ako ng tao. And then the next thing that the prosecutor has to do is characterize that under the law. So kung yung pagpatay ko ng tao spread widespread fear or intimidated the government or provokes the government, then it can be considered as terrorism. So for example, I kill a person by stabbing him inside his home. That's murder. Pero if I kill a person in the park and then hang his his head in the park with a message of, of spreading widespread fear and meron akong letter telling the government that if they don't give in to my demand, then I will kill more people, then that's a terrorist. Kasi basically what a terrorist 
would be kasi nag nakaracterize yung murder niya as a spreading widespread message of fear and you know terrorizing the community hmm. sa anti-terror law naging super vague yung mga provision because there are no predicate crimes anymore so kaya sinasabi ng mga petitioner na napaka-subjective niyan sa law enforcement and even the prosecutor to determine who is a terrorist kasi sa section 4 ng anti-terror law wala nang predicate crime at ang dami-dami niyang definition let me just read some of the definition it's uh terrorism is engages in acts intended to cause death or serious bodily injury to any person in, engages in acts intended to cause extensive damage or destruction to a government or public facility private property engages in acts intended to cause extensive interference with damage or destruction to critical infrastructure so do, these are the vague words now what is critical infrastructure How extensive is extensive interference? What mm. even is interference? What is fear? Mm. Yun yung yun yung pinopoint out na parang who now is a terrorist under this law? Why are those things remain unclear until now? Like, siguro that was signed into law uh, mid last year, di ba? We're now parang almost one year na since it was signed into law. Bakit hindi pa rin siya clear? Because the Supreme Court still hasn't resolved it. Mm, okay. So, next kong question diyan ano na yung proseso ng tadaanan bago masabi na isang tao ay isang terorista? Ano yung parang, meron bang mga process sinusundan ng ang government? Dapat. Bago yung anti-terror law, the Human Security Act provided for two general ways to declare somebody as a terrorist. One is you file a complaint against that person or a group as terrorists. File a, you file a complaint na um, they did an act of terrorism. And then the next one is what they call proscription. So, pupunta ka sa korte at ipapadeklara mo ang grupo. Like, for example, the CPPNPA, papadeklara mo sila as terrorist. And in 2018, before the anti-terror law was passed, the DOJ under Secretary Aguirre tried to prescribe the CPPNPA as a terror group. Ito yung, it follows the collapse of the peace talks. Uh-huh. Tapos, uh, they included more than 600 people. Many of them are known activists like UN Special Rapporteur, nandun sila. And then the DOJ under Secretary Guevara admitted that the list was not vetted. So, kinot down nila from 600 to 8. And then the court further cut it down to 2. So, now it's only Joma Season and a certain Antonio Cabanatan who is in the prescription list and that is still pending at the Manila RTC and we don't know actually what will happen to that kasi na supersede na ng passage ng anti-terror law ngayon dito sa anti-terror law dumami yung paraan so you you can still file a complaint for terrorism you can still prescribe try to prescribe a group as a terrorist yung bagong paraan ay there is now a preliminary prescription under the anti-terror law So dati sa HSA, it has to undergo a full trial. Parang yun nangyari nga dun sa the list of 600. Dito sa anti-terror law, yung preliminary prescription can happen within 72 hours hmm. without a single hearing. Basta sabihin lang ng court that this is sufficient informing substance. They can already preliminarily prescribe them as terrorists. And then the next one is one of the most contentious power is designation. So walang korte to. It's just A process by the Anti-Terror Council made up of cabinet members. Their process is secret. You don't know what they have. They're not compelled to tell you what they have. They just have to issue a resolution saying, 
we have evidence to designate you as a terrorist, which is uh-huh. what happened a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. What will be the difference between doon sa una mo na mention na dadaan sa korte yung ginawa nila ng 2018 versus what's said under the anti-terror law na may council na hindi sila compelled na i-publicize yung proceedings nila. Ano yung parang main problematic angle na nakikita mo? Due process because yung court process of prescription under the Human Security Act, it's really a judicial process. You file a prescription petition at the court, manonotify yung mga tao na, oh, pinapaprescribe kang terrorista. So these people can go to the court and say, look, I'm not a terrorist, which is what the UN Special Rapporteur did. And other human rights lawyers did. Nagpunta sila sa court and then natanggal sila they hold hearings back and forth. Sagutan yan. You thresh out evidence. Here sa anti-terror law, una yung preliminary prescription, walang hearing. It's 72 hours. Siyempre, merong provision na after the court conducts a full trial, it can either lift the prescription or uphold the prescription. But even then, na-prescribe ka na nung una pa lang. Yeah. And then, yung designation is walang court involved at all. So it doesn't even reach the court. It's not a judge deciding. It's just the council made up of the president's men. What does this say about those making up the uh, the council? If ganito parang kawala ng due process, like what does this say about the goal of their law? Sabi ng petitioners, it re- it's really a shortcut. Parang they want to shortcut the process kasi Mahirap na naman pumunta sa korte kasi ang daming ano no, ang daming mong pagdadaan ng butas at yun nga yung 2018 prescription nila pending pa rin and they seem to want to do things fast. Hmm. So, yun, parang cut na lang the process. Yes. So, my next question, Lian. Okay, designated ako as a terrorist. Isang person ay nasabing terrorista siya without going through the due process. Uh, na-announce lang na part of the list siya of of people tagastaris by the government. Anong immediate na posibleng mangyari dito? Pwede ba siyang huling nagad? Uh, ano yung immediate effects? The government says that the only result or consequence of designation is squeezing of assets. And that's automatic of AMLAC to do. So once na-designate ka na, AMLAC is authorized to immediately freeze your assets. And then you can go to the Court of Appeals, appeal the freezing of assets, pero na-freeze na. Parang ipapalift mo na lang. There have been questions in the Supreme Court through the petitions na parang, oh, baka it would lead to an arrest. Kasi the law enforcer could just say, kasi ba diba, for law enforcer to arrest you without a warrant, kailangan, it, they should catch you in the act of doing the crime, mm-hmm. or they should have a probable cause to believe that you have done a crime. So there's fear na, Kunyari, I am the designated terrorist at wala naman akong ginagawang... At like, at this moment, wala akong ginagawang masama. The law enforcer could just come na, oh, a designated case. That is my probable cause. Ganon. The government would tell you, hindi. Sa Supreme Court, sabi ng OSG, hindi, hindi. It will not lead to an arrest. Pero, tinanong ko yan kay Justice Undersecretary Adrian Sugay. Sabi niya parang, while we know that the primary goal of designation is to freeze an asset, para anybody cannot be stopped of doing another purpose or performing another purpose. So parang, you just have to be vigilant. Which is, for activists, it's very convenient for the government to say, oh, we just have to be vigilant. Pero, paano naman yung mga mabibiktima? Paano yung yeah. naman yung mga maaresto? Yeah. We know how they're doing when it comes to to serving search warrants and arrest warrants. No, biglang nagiging daw, nagiging uh, bakbagan, napapatay yung target ng search warrant. So, parang it's 
worrying how they will approach this kind of process when it comes to the anti-terror law. So, yan, kunyari, person ako, taga sa terrorist. I noticed things na, na freeze na asset ko. What should I do first, though? Depende kasi kung paano mo yung titignan. Kasi in the IRR, wala to sa batas, but in the IRR, inad nila yung process of delisting. So, if you have been designated as a terrorist, you can file for the listing with the Anti-Terror Council. And mm-hmm. then, sinabi sa Supreme Court na, if you fail at the Anti-Terror Council, you can go to the office of the President. Now, if you are the designated terrorist, would you go to the Anti-Terror Council and have you delisted? Parang, ha? Huh? Kayo din? Kayo din ang magde-decide? Mm-hmm. Kung i-delist ako, eh bakit niya ako i-delist and dinesignate niya na nga ako in the first place? And then, if I fail to to get myself delisted, kanina ako pupunta kay President Duterte. I mean, what's the chance? Yeah. So, if you are the designated terrorist, parang nahirap naman for the designated terrorist to avail of that process. Because if you file an appeal, then you give the government another chance to uphold its decision. So parang baka pag nagpadilis ka, lalo mo lang nilaliman yung hukay mo. Parang yeah. ganun. Yeah. So, knowing those things na ano yung mga posibleng mangyari, ano yung mga first steps na dapat gawin, what I'm getting from you is maraming vagueness, maraming hindi clear, maraming parang up in the air sa proseso ng government. And that's dangerous considering yung mga whims ng government natin ngayon na kung sino-sino ang inaatake, sino-sino ang nililabel na terrorist or komunista, But before we dive into this issue further, let's listen to some other podcast overviews. Next time, wag ninyo akong pariginigin ng revolusyon. Naku, Diyos ko. Yan ang mas delikado sa COVID. Eh, kung mag-revolusyon kayo, you will give me the free ticket to stage a counter-revolusyon. How I wish you would do it. Don't understand what President Rodrigo Duterte is saying? Want to know the story behind his words? Listen to Seat of Power, Raptors' political podcast about the Duterte presidency. Hosted by me, P. Renada, Raptors' Malacanang beat reporter. Malino sa amin kung anong talong terorista eh. You say that the DOJ has a very clear concept of what a terrorist is, but it was also the DOJ who filed the prescription case. Well, I would like to think that that, would, that is a real, you know, that's a real lesson. Is there a risk, though, that we will never know the state of his health ever again? We can end up that way, in the same way that uh, the Supreme Court has rendered several constitutional provisions inert. How hopeful are you that this Supreme Court, under this administration, will exhibit a proactive attitude towards protecting human rights. What is before us is a Supreme Court that has overwhelmingly, for a few exceptions, one or two, in favor or on the side of the state power. A law that is not understood is a law that is easy to weaponize. I am Lian Buan, Rappler's justice reporter. Listen to Law of the Tertaland podcast. And together with the leading lawyers of the country, let's unpack the pressing legal issues and the Duterte government. Hi, welcome back to Newsbreak Beyond the Stories. I am Judas Gavilan and we're here with Lian Buwan. Pinag-uusapan namin ang anti-terror law at kung ano ang mangyayari kung ikaw ay na-designate na terorista. 
yun, meron bang danger for those who are affiliated with a person tag as a terrorist? Siguro beyond that person tag as a terrorist, gaano kalaki yung posibleng uh, impact nito? Yung reach nitong designation na to? Let me borrow the interpolation ni Senior Associate Justice Estela Perlas Bernabe sa Supreme Court. She had a theoretical situation. Sasabi niya, okay, Mr. Cho is a designated terrorist. And then Mr. Cho has a companion. And then Mr. Cho and the companion were together. And then that companion was caught with an illegal firearms and explosives. So the police arrest the companion for illegal for catching him in the act of illegally possessing the firearms and explosives. Tanong ni Justice Bernabe, ganun mo katagal siya dapat ikulong? Sabi ng OSG, 36 hours because that's what's provided under the revised penal code. 36 hours before you bring him to court. Pero sabi ni Assistant Solicitor General, pero kapag nakakuha ng authorization sa Anti-Terror Council, pwedeng mag-apply yung Anti-Terror Law, which is 24-day detention. Sabi ni Justice Bernabe, bakit mo i-apply ang anti-terror law sa isang tao na ang offense lang ay illegal possession of firearms and explosives? Uh-huh. So, sabi ni, tapos sabi ni Justice Bernabe, eh hindi mo nga alam kung sino, kung ano yung grupo nung companion, pero nakita lang silang magkasama. Sabi nung taga-OSG, dahil nakita silang magkasama, the government has the right to protect national national security. So, merong presumption na, okay, dahil kasama mo yung designated na terrorista and you have firearms and, ano, and grenades, then you must be planning a terror act. Therefore, sama ka na, sama ka na sa anti-terror law. And Justice Bernabe did say that that is very dangerous. Mm. So, that, that, that's the risk. Kasi, malalump together so many kinds of people. And the activists fear that sooner or later, aabot din sa kanila yung pagtatag, yung connection. Are you still seeing any safeguards sa anti-terror law? Of course, there's this process of the listing, pero that's problematic. Meron pa bang way for a person tag or designated as a terrorist to fight against this tag? Pwede bang parang may other way aside from the listing? Um, you can file for a writ of habeas data. So you can file a petition for a writ of habeas data to compel the government to destroy damaging information about you. Pero uh, the activists really have been losing hope on those writs kasi parang nagiging ineffective siya, parang lagi silang talo. Hmm. So, and it, this was also discussed in the oral arguments. I think this was uh, Professor John Mollo's answer. Pwede, pwede naman. I mean, you... you Uh, the, the right to file a petition for a writ is not taken away from you. Pero kung sinabi ng batas that the Anti-Terror Council has the power to designate, anong gagawin ng judge? Hindi naman pwedeng sabihin ng judge na tanggalin nyo siya sa listahan when the law says very clearly that the Anti-Terror Council can do it. So parang Professor Molo was saying, yes, the remedy is there, but it's practically useless because the judge has no choice. But to honor what the law says. Bakit parang nawala ng power ang judiciary natin dito sa anti-terror law? Like, di ba usually when we, when we we think of like being red tag, pwede mong, yun nga, mag, pwede kang mag-file ng writ sa, sa korte. Of course, ibang usapan na yung minsan talo talaga sila. Pero at least andun yung uh, process. Pero bakit dito sa anti-terror law, 
parang lahat ng power nasa council na. That is precisely what the petitioners are saying. That this law has usurped a lot of judicial functions. And um, I interviewed one of the petitioners' counsel, si Professor Tony Lavinia, before the gag order was issued. Para hindi lang siya makontent. I was asking na, what is your hope or level of confidence that your petitions will be granted by the Supreme Court kung laging panalo si President Duterte so far Supreme Court. Professor Lavinia told me na no other law has taken away so much of the court's powers. So parang sabi niya, dapat makita ng mga justices na ito yung batas na practically renders the judiciary useless. Mm-hmm. Kaya parang umaasa sila na kahit dun man lang sa aspetong yun, makita ng Korte Suprema na parang, o ka, bakit nawalan tayo ng kapangyarihan dito? So, yun. Reflection ba ng uh, how the Duterte government governs or handles issues in the Philippines yung pagbaliwala sa uh, judicial, judicial power? Siguro track record. Mm-hmm. They, have, they have a track record of ignoring prevailing jurisprudence. For example, yung pag-fire ng Malacanang kay overall deputy ombudsman Milcher Arthur Carandang. There's a prevailing jurisprudence that says Malacanang cannot do that. Mm-hmm. Yet, he, he was still fired. So yun, they have a pattern of yung mga gustong-gusto ni President Duterte na shoot to kill, you arrest ano, GCTA grantees. It's very clear you can't do that. Pero wala eh, sinabi ng presidente. So, They have a track record of actually trying to sideline the courts. Mm-mm. How are human rights lawyers groups dealing with this dangerous designations under their law? Uh, of course, may mayroon silang kaso sa Supreme Court, pero are they confident still sa the listing process? Sa the listing kasi it's kind of tricky kasi a lot of it has to do with uh, legal strategy. And uh, considering like the political climate, ganun. Kasi, I get it eh. Kasi kung yung council na, okay, sa, sa usual judicial process, like kunyari prosecutor, if you want to file an M, if you want to file an appeal, you can. And even sa court, if you want to file an appeal, you can. Pero kasi, um, parang may, mas may due process dun eh. Pwede ka, pwede ka talagang mag-explain ng sarili mo, ganun. Eh, dito sa designation, you don't even know what you're being accused of. So, parang, paano ka mag, paano ka mag, uh, mag-a-appeal? And, parang, kapag dinesignate ka na, alam mo naman na na, practically, it's very clear that the council really wants to designate you as a terrorist. So, parang, hmm. bakit ka nila idadalist even? So, uh, I get the hesitation to avail of this delisting process. So um, I think that if the anti-terror law is upheld, human rights lawyers would rather find another way to fight the designation rather than the delisting process because it kind of seems futile Mm-mm. to appeal it to the same people. Yeah. There are recent uh, list of people tagas terrorists. Can you tell us about this? Ano yung parang confusing dito or nag-stand out for you? Um, actually... And it pains me to say this. When I saw the list, um, it was not surprising at all. Parang ganun. Um, 
I feared I I feared we feared that you would see names of people whom you know are activists yung the people you cover ganun but when I saw the list parang ah okay these are the and ano na parang masakit sa aminin yon na parang hindi na shocking sa iyo kasi ilang taon na silang sinasabihan na leader di umano ng CPPNPA which they all deny Um, so, parang hindi siya confusing sa akin. Actually, parang, okay, it's not really surprising kasi yun nga yung mga, like, for example, season, of course, they're gonna designate him as a terrorist. And then, yung mga peace consultants na nakakulong na, uh-huh. na, na nakakulong na at matagal na nilang pinagbibintangan na high-ranking officers allegedly of the CPPNP, which again na, they deny Do you feel na mayroong pagpaparating na bagong designations? Like, ito lang ay parang first of many pa lang nila. Oh, for sure. Um, and, and, the go- and the NTFL CAC doesn't really keep it a secret that they will designate more. Mm-mm. So, Lian, gusto kong tanongin din, saan papasok si Duterte dito? Like, sa overall uh, system ng Anti-Terrorist Council, saan dito yung powers niya? Like, is this implied or explicit? Well, first of all, he created NTFL CAC. It's a presidential creation, the NTFL CAC. It's by virtue of his EO70. Hmm. NTFL CAC is chaired by his executive secretary and vice chaired by his national security advisor. You may say, oh, that's just implied because he doesn't sit in the council, but it's his men. It's, it's people who serve at his pleasure. So I think that is an explicit role. Parang his hands are all over this vague and very kawalan ng due process na pag-terrorize or pag-crackdown sa alleged terrorists na when in fact, the terrorists are just dissent. Of course, kasi siya rin yung nagpumirama ng batas eh. Yeah. For my next question, Lian, during the oral arguments, very concerning na sa government officials, red tag individuals and groups sa harap mismo ng Supreme Court Uh, what do you make of this move? Hindi ba ito reflective of how intense the crackdown will be moving forward? Na parang uh, ang lakas ng dating or ang confidence sila na in front of the gods of Father Faura, mag-redtag sila. Yeah, definitely. It's it's um, a reflection of the level of confidence that they can do it. The next session after Secretary Esperon redtag progressive groups in the Supreme Court, hindi na siya pinabalik. Nung next, uh, nung next session, one, uh, you might see it as a victory on the part of the petitioners kasi sila naman yung humiling na wag nang kabalikin si Secretary Esperon. Sabi nga ng manifestation ng mga petitioner, it's a supreme irony na in an oral arguments where you discuss the dangers of red tagging, you allowed your court, diba? the, the very hallowed and dignified session setting of the court, albeit on Zoom, to be used for red tagging. Why do they get away with this? I wish I could answer. For the petitioners, they shouldn't have gotten away with it. Kaya nga, they wanted to strike the testimonies of the record. They wanted to reprimand the Solicitor General, none of which the Supreme Court has done so far. Lian, my next question. We know na nine days yung oral arguments before the Supreme Court regarding the anti-terror law. Can you tell us, siguro, main points nito 
ano yung parang nag-stand out sa'yo uh, throughout the nine days ng mga points na minade ng boat camps. And parang siguro from the side of the government, ano yung pinaka-problematic na nakita mo? For a more comprehensive discussion, <laughs> please listen to the Law of the Tertaland podcast. Um, on the side of the petitioners, dinikdik nila yung section 4 talaga. Hmm. Na they want the Supreme Court to see how vague the provisions are. And lumabas yon bandang dulo ng oral arguments. It was through Justices Salameda and Kagiwa. Na pinupoint out nila na, what's your definition of fear? What's your definition of provoke? Parang sabit nga ni Justice Kagiwa, at, at, at umamen yung taga-OSG na, there's no case law or any law or jurisprudence that has a standard of what fear is or what interference is or what critical infrastructure is. So sabi ni Justice Kagiwa, so who makes that decision? Who defines fear? Sabi ng OSG, it's the police officer on the ground. So sabi ni Justice Kagiwa, you mean to say, that you will risk the liberty and other civil rights of a person based on a standard that can differ per policeman. So sabi niya, ah, kung gano'ng karami yung police ng PNP, ganun din karami yung definition. So doon nagmumula yung fear. So they feel like Section 4 is the mother of all problems. And then next is yung sinabi ko kanina, that they want the Supreme Court to see that this threatens judicial power. Parang ginawang inutil ang judiciary. And number three, overall, the petitioners are saying that this really threatens free speech. Kasi yung chilling effect daw na magiging resulta ng anti-terror law will be disastrous. Kasi parang nakalagay nga sa Section 4 eh, to provoke the government and to influence the government by intimidation. So para sa kanila, kind of punishes everything. Sabi nga ni Attorney Cheldrop, no? pati nga yung state of mind mo, eh, pinapunish nila just based on their subjective definition of what mm-hmm. a terroristic intent is. Kasi, di ba, parang pag, pag sumigaw ka sa rally ng inutilang gobyerno, a policeman can say, you have a terroristic intent. You want to invoke, to incite others to take up arms against the government. When, Gusto mo lang sabihin na inutil ang gobyerno. And oh. your intent is just simply that. That you want to to shine the, uh, you want to call out the incompetence of the government for the sole purpose of trying to make it better. Hmm. And from the OSG side, they really hammered on the point that there is no legal standing of the petitioners kasi hindi pa naman sila na-charge or na-try Although, yung isa sa mga na, isa sa 19 na na-designate, si Ray Casambre, is a petitioner. So, his lawyers will tell this, have told the Supreme Court na, this is the legal standing. Second is um, that it is a political question that the Congress has passed a law which um, the President has signed. And the judiciary has no power to review it. Mm. That is a very concept that is up to the person to define kung ano nga ba yung power na. Kasi the Supreme Court is given by the Constitution the power to do judicial review, which mm-hmm. includes reviewing the actions of the executive and the legislative. Pero merong principle of judicial restraint wherein bibigyan mo ng discretion yung legislative 
and executive na gumawa ng mga pulisiya kasi sila yung pinili ng mga tao. They were elected. So, the will of the Congress or the will of the executive is the will of the people that even the gods cannot interfere with. And sometimes uh-huh. they do practice that restraint. And they don't want to be accused of judicial legislation. Ayaw naman nalang maakusahan na diktador din kayo eh. Parang, mm-hmm. diba? as Same as you don't want a dictatorial or authoritarian administration, you also wouldn't want a court that dictates upon the jobs of other people who were elected to do such a job. Mm. So yun yung one of the major points. And then, as pointed out by the amicus curiae, si Justice Hardeleza, he wants the hierarchy of courts to be respected. Para sa kanya, kung merong ma-charge or merong mapuput on trial under the anti-terror law, let them challenge it before the regional trial courts and the court of appeals and let them let them try these cases first because the Supreme Court is not a trier of facts. Mm-hmm. So, uh, with all those things, with the vague provisions, with the still ongoing proceedings sa Supreme Court, with provisions that are still parang contested, with the current setup, Leanne, for my last question, how dangerous na ang matag as terrorists at this point in time? Siguro, I'll, I'll answer that by saying the names of Azara Alvarez, Randall Echanis, Randy Malayao, and even attorney AK Gillian who survived an attack. Attorney Gillian was red tagged for years and somebody just stabbed him in the head and fortunately he survived. That is the danger and one can say that it's just conjecture na parang o oh, na-redtag ka, pinatay ka, paano mo naman malilink yung dalawang yun? Wala ka namang ebidensya. And that's what the courts have been saying. Kaya nila dinidismiss yung mga petition for the writs ng mga aktivista. And that adds to the danger kasi na-redtag ka na nga, namatay na nga yung mga kaibigan mo, yet sinasabi pa rin ng korte, you can't prove the direct link with each other. So I, I think that compounds the danger eh yung meron na ngang established red tagging, meron na ring established pattern of hindi mo maasahan ang korte na protektahan ka. Parang wala nang pwedeng puntahan talaga yung mga biktima ngayon. Kasi, TCA, go to the courts. Pero yung track record ng korte ay hindi ayon sa kanila. And to borrow the words of um, attorney Joe Molintas, a human rights lawyer from Baguio who is one of the 600 people that pres- tried to be prescribed in 2018, sabi niya, wala silang, yung mga aktivista, wala silang ano eh, offensive power, kumbaga. Mm-hmm. Parang lagi silang on the defense. Mm-hmm. Parang lagi lang silang naghihintay ng atake. And then, didepensa lang sila. And then, kapag dinepensahan nila yung sarili nila, They, they become more vulnerable eh. kasi if you fight it in the open sphere in the pub in in the court of public opinion pag nanahimik ka hahayaan mo silang akusahan ka pag sumagot ka binigay mo rin yung sarili mo kumbaga mm. you you still feed yourself to a pack of wolves and then in some cases ikaw pa yung makakasuhan ng perjury yeah. ikaw pa yung makakasuhan ng kung ano-anong countersuit so parang parang lame duck sila eh. Parang 
hinuhihintay lang sila ng bala kasi iwas na lang sila tapos malas kung tinamaan ka. Where do we put the blame sa ganitong sitwasyon? Like, sino ang pinakasalanan? Um, it's hard to answer that question. Ang hirap sagutin kung sino yung may kasalanan. You have to look at the systems as a whole. Kung parang has the system worked to protect uh, civil liberties and uphold yung, yung mga constitutional rights. Uh, siguro lahat naman ng tao or lahat ng sektor ay may pagkukulang. Pero siguro first and foremost, first and foremost is who passed this law? Mm-mm. And who will allow this law to stand, kumbaga? Hearing your thoughts about the anti-terror law, about the designation of terrorists, parang ang dami pang hindi clear, ang dami delikado dahil hindi clear. So it's nakakatakot, it's concerning, it's worrying, not just for us, but also every Filipino. Kasi nga, diba, as we established in our podcast episodes prior to this episode, ang anti-terror hindi lang yan na atake ay ang mga aktivista but also anyone who expressed dissent on Facebook or wherever. So thank you Lian for joining me today and for explaining to us yung mga nuances ng anti-terror law and yung process na dapat ating bantayan. Thank you Judas also for the opportunity to explain. And thank you listeners for tuning in. If you would like to be updated on this and other issues, huwag kalimutan na i-follow ang Rappler and Newsbreak sa Facebook pati na rin sa Twitter. Kung gusto mo na access to exclusive content and events, pwede ka sumali sa Rappler Plus. Kung meron ka namang gusto na topic that you think we should discuss in our podcast, pwede ka mag-email sa investigative at tata.com. Again, I am Judas Gavilan and this is Newsbreak Beyond the Stories. Thank you.